Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss business, sports, politics, and whatever's on our mind. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always is Ted Fells. He's the business strategist extraordinaire and all-around good guy. See my Nats hat? <laughs> Go Nats. That, that's your... That's it, Nats. What they like? They won 14 out of the last 18 games. They're rolling. But then one other reason I wore this hat. Why is that? Softball league started yesterday. Oh, man. Softball league, yeah, my fraternity. Softball season started, and we and we we picked up right where we left off last season. Take, taking, taking some L's. Taking some good L's. Oh, taking man. some good L's. But Sorry to hear a, that. But we had a good time. Yeah, sometimes that happens when you play the Q's. I know they uh, – no, we didn't no. play the cue. Haven't played the cue yet. That's when, uh, we, that's when we win. That's when we win. <laughs> you said that's a that's a W on the schedule. Is that what that, you think? That's when we win and we eat their barbecue. Uh, right after, absolutely. Okay. Well, also joining us is Britton Smith. Now he's the Renaissance man. He's the man who refuses to be pigeonholed. <laughs> go Cubs, go. Go Cubs, go! So we, we have the Nationals, we have the Cubs. At least we're we're keeping it in the National League, absolutely, absolutely. And making it a sports yeah, the, theme. The, the division leading Cubs. The division leading Cubs. Wow. Okay. Well, I think that with the role that the Nationals are on, oh yeah, they may be up there. Absolutely. Okay. So I I don't know if you could tell or not, but this is like a sports theme. We're talking about sports and business today on the thirty minute hour. And we're going to change up. By the way, this is not your everyday podcast. And to, to follow us, you need to go to Facebook. You can go to Instagram. You can go to YouTube. All you need to do is type in the 30-minute hour. And there we are. But once again, just to warn you, we're not your everyday podcast. We're going to shift gears a bit because I really want to get into everything that's transpired during this past weekend in the world of sports, especially with the NBA. And we've got a sports expert sitting over here by the, the business strategist. And I want to go ahead and introduce him. Let's get him into the fray. He has been in the financial services field for over 20 years. He served in the capacity of producer, senior advisor, and managing partner. And today he's the president and CEO of T3 Financial Group slash Insurance Direct 123. Not only that, he is also the host of the popular podcast titled In Business, where they talk about business, sports, and whatever's on their mind, just like we do here. Right. <laughs> Please join me in welcoming to the 30-minute hour, Terrell Shepard. I am glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. Like I said, we got the. We got the that's what I'm saying. I was like, wow, I'm coming to the 30 minute podcast. And jump, y'all, the 30 minute hour. That alone threw me off right there. It's like 30 minutes an hour. It's so in depth to be with y'all. It's just unbelievable, Eric. You know, Ted, Brent, I'm excited to be here. Glad to be about I understand that my show, of course, WBGR on comes on on Thursdays from one to two, so y'all can definitely check it out. I'll absolutely, absolutely. And where we talk about all things sports uh-huh. and all things business, so it's a good opportunity for us to talk about it right here on on the podcast and to get in to talk about some of the stuff that we do. I've been working with athletes from a financial standpoint of view for over, uh, actually for about eighteen years, so that's how oh, I wow. got into the 
to the whole sports component of this. And so we've been able to help athletes both during playing and then after retirement. Hmm. And so part of my job as a financial advisor um, for those 22 short years uh, was to help them to be able to how do you live after after the game is over when the when the ball doesn't go into the hoop anymore when you no mm. longer able to run on the football field when you can't kick a soccer ball anymore what happens and so we've been able to create not only a, a show and an environment that was designed for athletes uh, but eventually came to the full full fledged sports show but we do talk about business and now of course today which is we did that about two years ago and now today you see all the shows on ESPN from the boardroom. Um, un, uninterrupted with uh, with uh, Maverick Carter. Yes. Uh, what they're doing. So it's now becoming more more uh, cachet, so to speak. Right. But um, probably a couple, of, just a few years ago, nobody was talking about athletes and what they do after sports. So this is a great show, this is a great venue and opportunity for us to have that conversation. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. He does sound excited about it. He does I'm sound excited, excited about it. Right? I'm, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to get it going. I understood. I even come my guns blazing. Got my notes prepared. I mean, that little bio you try. I know what you got to do. You know, back and frogs for snakes. You know, that's what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what John Thompson would say. I understand what's going on here. I need to get ready to be sharp for today. See, there's a lot of energy here on this 30-minute hour, you can tell. Oh, man. So it's interesting. Again, we, we talk about whatever's on our mind. Here's something that's on my mind. I, I was listening to this famous businessman, philosopher <laughs> named Jay-Z. Right. right. Here's what he said. He, somebody was asking him a question. He said, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Okay, okay. And I think that just really ties into mm-hmm. like what you do with the athletes, what we've seen with what's transpired over the past weekend in the NBA. Yes. They're looking at themselves, these players in the NBA, they're looking at themselves as a business. That's right. They're not just sitting back waiting for the owner to That's decide right. and dictate where they go and how much they make. They're making power moves. I mean, let's start with the Clippers. Yes. The Clippers. I mean, the Clippers were the laughing stock. They were that other team from L.A. And now Kawhi Leonard has agreed to come on board with the Clippers. Yes. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, you know, one thing we talk about, and it could be great here, if you talk about the business behind the business uh-huh. is really what you're talking about. Right. And a lot of times what people don't realize, people say the Clippers, and we're looking at it from, from a reputation standpoint of view, but the reality of it is, if you think about it today, the Clippers are owned by Steve Ballmer. Mm. You know, they were owned just a few years ago by a guy that wound up having to sell the Clippers, if you remember, yes. because of the comments he had with Magic Johnson. Right. Remember that issue, the, the right. racist, and everybody was walking out in black, maybe we want to play for the Clippers. Right. Steve Ballmer, you know, Microsoft owns it. And then you're talking about bringing in Doc Rivers. Yes. Right? So now you're talking about bringing in a Hall of Fame coach. You're talking about a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Then you're talking about bringing in the logo himself. Jerry right? West. Jerry West to run the team. Mm-hmm. So you got Jerry West, you got Doc Rivers, and you got a guy from Microsoft, the organization is shifted. Right. So when these guys today are looking at the decisions to go, whether you're talking about West Coast, and I know we can talk about um, um, Kevin Durant and that decision, two things are happening. And, you know, in, in, in the era of basketball, I say there have been eras, if you go back to the Magic era, and I know we'll right. talk about that a little bit. You talk about the Chamberlain era, uh, uh, Russell, the, the Russell era and the Chamberlain era. And you talk about the, the, the Jordan era, right, of basketball. And then you talk about the LeBron era, right? Right. Well, I think from a business standpoint of view, those those eras also have, have a play. Mm-hmm. 
because in the in the if you go back to the to the Bill Russell right and the and the and the and the Wilt Chamberlain era of basketball, basketball during that era was not as popular as we're talking about today. Yes, that's number one. Players did not move. The reason why there was no free agency because there was no rate, there was no reason and rationale for players to move. Right. They weren't making. See, today we're looking at you know four year, hundred and sixty four million dollars. People forget that during the Bill Russell era, the majority of basketball professional basketball players worked a full time job. <laughs> That's just hard to believe. That's hard yeah. to imagine, right? <laughs> right? So when people start talking about eras, yeah. well, first of all, this was not a full time. This was not considered basketball, by the way, nor nor football. Right. The yeah. only full time sport. During the 1960s, was 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 baseball. So most of the players worked another job, particularly particularly NFL, but in in the NBA as well. So it wasn't until the 70s that you saw players, and even in the 70s, you were a superstar, mm -hmm. right? So you get into that era of 70s, you know, when you start talking about the the, 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 the late 70s, getting to the Celtics and going to the 80s when you start talking about the L.A., the Lakers. Right. Well, it was into, if you think about this, and I talk about the Magic era, think about this. Magic Johnson signed one of the most lucrative contracts in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a considered then... One of the most lucrative contracts by Jerry Buss. Right. What was that contract? It was $1 million for 15 years. <laughs> I now, remember. You, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I remember that. Wow. Okay. Now, people th now that was so unbelievable <laughs> that people hated Magic Johnson. Mm -hmm. They were like, we, what kind of relationship can you have with the owner that you sign a, a $1 million contract <laughs> Over like 15, they were like, that's that's insane. Mm. Today, no no superstar would even sign it. They'd be like, are you nuts? Superstar. Superstar. You couldn't even get a guy on the practice on squad. the practice squad to sign that deal. Right. So the so the magic era changed from a business standpoint, right? Absolutely. The Jordan era shifted basketball from a business standpoint. Here is what happened in the Jordan era. For the first time, athletes started not only with free agency starting, even though it was limited, right? Remember, under the Jordan era, it was really the Larry Bird rule that got us to the free agency today. Right. So under the so under the Jordan era, before the Larry Bird rule, when the cap was in, when when really, although they weren't so much dealing with so much of a hard cap, the player just couldn't move. Right. For, so, for an example, if a, per, if a player signed a five-year deal, it was no, oh, well, what you're going to do in year three is you're going to have Rich Paul coming in and y'all going to sit down and negotiate and force a you know, five-team trade. No, what was going to happen is you ain't playing. Exactly. We don't care who you are. If you sign a five-year deal year three, you decide not to play, you done. Your career over with. And that, and that was in the Jordan era. That's in the Jordan era. So, so let, let's let's talk okay. there because I've been seeing these memes floating around right. Facebook and social media saying, oh, hey, you know, you remember that time when Jordan went chasing a ring and building super teams? No, I don't remember that either. Jordan right. would never do that. 
But what people don't understand is a different time. Right. Jordan couldn't do that. Right. It was. There's no way that Jordan could have gone when when people when, when people are making a comparison between the LeBron era. Yes. And the Jordan era from a business standpoint of view, what you have to understand is that Michael Jordan. Think about it this way. Michael Jordan had won four championships at this stage, I'm about to say. When he won four, he, so he was a four-time champion. Right. Going into his fifth championship, Michael Jordan was the 38th highest paid player in the league. Mm-hmm. Not only that, he was the he was the third highest player paid player on his team because Scottie Pippen had just signed a new deal. Right, right. Scottie Pippen had a new deal. Rodman had a new deal. Jordan had come up with a deal. So if you think about the era that you're in, the the arguably the greatest player to play the game wasn't even the highest paid player in his era. Right, right. Okay? Mm-hmm. See, he wasn't the highest paid player in his era. So now here comes the LeBron era. So the LeBron era, we got full free agency. Well, what LeBron does is he now leverages something that people just don't talk about from a business standpoint. LeBron leverages social media to his advantage from an from from an endorsement standpoint of view, mm-hmm. as well as from a likability. So here's what LeBron does. LeBron says, "What I can do is impact." The game of basketball, because now it's all on it's on social media, right? Right. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever. Everybody want to be on social media. Well, okay, you created this, so now LeBron, you you want to drive viewers to the game. Mm-hmm. LeBron understood this by saying, "I know, I know what I can add as a negotiating tool to these players." LeBron start leveraging his media contacts. Mm-hmm. He start leveraging his business to so 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 Chris Bosh is sitting in Canada. Right. LeBron James is in Cleveland. Dwayne Wade, if I'm not mistaken, is in South Beach. <laughs> right. Now, just ask the question, where would you want to play? Canada? <laughs> Cleveland? Or South Beach. Like that's a tough one. Like that's Cleveland, South Beach. Cleveland. Uh, well, Britain, Britain, where would you like to play, Britain? Uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, <laughs> Jackson, Mississippi. Right. So LeBron is like, you come come to South Beach. They already have a they already have a guy who's won a championship. Number one. Number two, we're friends. Offseason, Dwayne Wade and, and, and LeBron James are the best of friends. They out boating and smoking cigars and kicking it and hanging out, right? Right. So now it's just a matter of us wanting to play together because mm-hmm. we're friends. Okay, where's the best place to play? Cleveland or South Beach? Because remember, Dwayne Wade could have come to Cleveland. Right. Bosch could have come to Cleveland because you, you would think with LeBron being the best player, right, arguably in our era, why in the world would I want you, what want the best player to leave where I am and go someplace else 
versus y'all versus LeBron going someplace else. Well, they looked at coaching. We got Pat Riley down there. We got we got we got Dwayne Wade down there. We got we got Morning down there. We got a nice we got Haslam there. We got a, we got a nucleus there. Now, if you bring me and Bosch down there, we should be dominant. And Sp- I think Spolster is an underrated coach. He well, I mean, the guy was in the film room before he became coach. But okay, nevertheless, I get it. I mean. <laughs> I mean, you and I could have coached the team. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that Spoke is a bad coach. No, I mean, but trust yeah. me, they would have made it to the championship with Ted. Well, maybe, well, maybe not. Well, Ted possibly. <laughs> Ted has a way to uh, Ted has a way to throw some stuff. You know. Oh, yeah. oh they they would have won. They would have won. If I was yeah, he would have definitely got the best out of it. Yeah. You can't take the strategy for the you know. Yeah, yeah. But but anybody, I'm not saying anybody could have coached the team. But let me just say it this way. Anybody probably could have coached. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're talking about LeBron in his prime, Bosch may be the best center at that era in his prime. Yeah. And you're talking about a guy by the name of Dwayne Wade, who, and, and you know, if I'm not mistaken, all three of them people are going to the Hall of Fame. Certainly. So when you got three Hall of Famers, Nothing. You can't ask for anything but a loss. I mean, a, a loss in the championship is which is what they did. Which is what they did. They went to four straight championships. Right. Yeah. So when you're talking about the era of LeBron, I think he opened up an era, but it's the era that we're in. And so now getting, I say all that to say, when you're talking about AD now leaving and going to the Lakers to play with LeBron, right. when you're talking about KD now leaving a championship, you talking about a team that went. See, this would have been unheard of in the Jordan era. You didn't want you didn't win to the championship five times. You, you got hurt. I mean, just think about this. KD has this man has an, an injury where he's not playing the following year. Mm-hmm. He has an Achilles injury, right? He's out for the entire year. Can you imagine in the Jordan era being able to leave? Okay, now you have an Achilles for the Bulls. You decide to leave, and another team is willing to pay you $164 million for four years with one of them years sitting on the bench because you ain't going to be playing. Oh, I think teams would have definitely done that for Michael Jordan if they thought they could get him. If I, I could sign him and he's going to be out I don't know. Years. All I'm saying is I don't know if – I doubt it. All I'm saying is I doubt if Michael Jordan – could have had an Achilles injury for the Chicago Bulls, having won three championships, and said what he going to do is I'm going to leave I'm, the, the, the Golden State Warriors, whoever, I'm going to pay you $30 million to come here and not play. Somebody would have got fired. <laughs> Some, somebody, somebody in the organization wasn't going to have no job after that. They don't care who you are. They're like, let me get this straight. So you mean to tell me we we are going to pay Michael Jordan $30 million for one year to sit on the bench? Is that, is that what we all saying? Stranger things have happened. What you guys say, Britton? <laughs> well, you know, I think one of the things, you know, just going back, um, there are a couple of factors that we also have to consider uh, uh, just about the evolution of the game. You know, the game, for one, in the different eras, the game now is globalized. Um, you yeah. look at the, you know, the Will Chamberlain, the Bill Russell era. Yeah, you see all these records on these stats, but there were also only eight teams in the league at a point. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and, and now you talk about a team 
that they're you know you talk about a game that's in every major American city. Then you fast forward to uh, the Olympics. We start getting beat by other teams with some of our best college players. We say never again would that happen. Michael, Scotty, Patrick, Hakeem, David, all y'all get out there and beat everybody else. And right. so we go send the best players in the world to go globalize, to go play in the Olympics. Well, what that does is start to inspire all the kids. It, it, inspires, it, it inspires so many people, so many kids in all of these foreign countries. Now these foreign countries now see these guys as ambassadors, and the game is a little more globalized. It's no longer seeing subpar players or, you know, some of the best names in college. Now you're seeing the best names in the NBA come over and see Michael Jordan play in Barcelona. You're seeing all these guys. Then the Dream Team 2 comes over, and you're seeing even Shaq and the rest of these guys come over. So now the rest of the country is being exposed to the superstardom of NBA players. Um, and then another factor we have to consider is the union. The NBA Players Union evolved just like any other trade union across the country. Uh, the NBA Players Union and negotiating collective bargaining agreements, what they, the terms that they've negotiated to the terms that, that uh, we see today have offered and have created the leverage for the players uh, when it comes to players and what they now call governors, as, as the NBA has moved away from calling them owners. But we see now that um, the collective bargaining agreements have changed and been more in the players' favor to allow that uh, fluidity and that freedom, uh, which, you know, naturally you think all the cards are in the hands of the players in that respect, but what it does for a lot of these governors, a lot of these um, other teams, you now allow the mid-major markets. You now allow teams like a Cleveland. You now allow all these other cities that aren't your typical landed destinations. Like you said, uh, you know, who if if every player drafted had a choice and every free agent had a choice, everybody would play in Hollywood, New York, and South Beach. And there would be no need for Utah. <laughs> a team in Salt Lake City. Right, right. So now you have uh, now you actually have a collective bargaining agreement, and in limiting guys to signing, no longer being able to sign these ten-year deals and eight-year contracts, uh, you now have players who can sign four years, five years with player options to allow that mobility to move around. And why do these guys want to move around? In amateur basketball, we created a culture, this AAU culture, and I was I served as a AAU coach for six years. I've seen it. The culture of AAU is a lot different. These guys don't grow up. Yeah, people talk about the, the level of, of of vitriol, you know, Mike has for other players and other competition. That's because the only time they saw these guys were when they were in college. And they played against them in college. And, and next thing after the game was over, they got on a bus and, and they didn't see each other till draft day. Now, these guys have played together since they were nine years old, ten years old. These guys have known each other from North Carolina to California to Chicago, and they've been playing with each other for upwards of 12, 13, 14 years. Mm -hmm. And so then they get into the NBA, and there is, there is this level of camaraderie, and 
I, I'm comfortable playing with these guys. I've, I've played with these guys since we were in, in middle school. So now we've created this culture, and we can't expect them to do anything that the rest of the free market doesn't want to do. So it's, it's going to be interesting going forward. I, I know Eric brought up the point about the Clippers going from a team that was once a laughing stock of the NBA to an eyes-on second favorite from from Las Vegas. So it'll be interesting to see with the with the rest of the parity that it happened this this off season in just uh, what two weeks yeah. <laughs> from the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. So in just in, in a little less than two weeks, we've seen the the level of playing field and almost a certain level of excitement return to the game of basketball. Well, and, and great comments. I think now you you have a, a feeling of balance where say this time last year it was like okay. You know, Golden State, they were a lot like the Qs. It was like, okay, who's going to come in second? See? You know? I, 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 <laughs> they, unbelievable. They were just dominant, you know, like we talked about last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now, <laughs> <laughs> and I knew you liked that, Britton. But now, I mean, this time last year it was all about Golden State. Right. And we knew if everybody's healthy, let's go ahead and give them the championship right now. Or at least say they will be there. Right, yeah. right. But but it's different now. I mean, now you, you throw in the Clippers, you got the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, Next. Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're strong Brooklyn, now. Couple, yeah, a couple of, well, I think that the era, and, and, and definitely and definitely what, what Britt talked about, the era of of now they're being able to move, and then what the players also see is they can now, what, what LeBron really, I call it the LeBron era because what he was able to do and notice the vitriol that LeBron had for doing that. People forget about that. When LeBron left Cleveland, People have a short memory. They basically said, you know, this is the slave leaving the plantation and we don't understand why because we actually feed them real good. Let's be clear about what the owner of the Cleveland the Cleveland uh, uh, Cavaliers said when the man left and went to this. You would have thought that mm-hmm. he that he done took all the cotton off the plantation with him when he left. You mean when LeBron when exercised LeBron, his right as a free agent? When he exercised his right as a free agent and went on ESPN, you would have thought right. that LeBron James had stole all the money out, out of the Cleveland State Bank, took it down to the The man was – it wasn't like he was breaking the contract. Right. And so that lets you know that before LeBron had done that, that had never been done before. Right. LeBron, they didn't like the fact that, listen here, we are giving, this is what LeBron did that changed the, the, the actual dynamic. LeBron James took less to win more. Right. This is what they could not believe. Mm-hmm. They could not believe that LeBron James would leave, 20, would leave $15 million at the table, $20 million on the table in, in, in contractual dollars mm-hmm. to go to South Beach. But LeBron said, I'm going to leave $15 million or $20 million on the table in this contract. Why? Because I can make $40 million when it comes to endorsements in, in South Beach, number one. And number two, if I win a championship, I ain't got to worry about this $20 million. So guess what every other player is saying now? They've seen, they have seen the blueprint of that work out to LeBron being worth now, what, $400, $500 million? Right. So guess what everybody's saying? That obviously worked. See, that's what the players are saying. So now you got Kevin Durant saying, let me see. This is not about winning championships going to Brooklyn. 
not just about winning championships because Kevin got two championships. Right. This is about me leveraging my network and my net worth. And what better way to do that by signing with Rock Nation? Mm-hmm. And the last I checked, I thought Rock Nation was in New York. Yeah. Now, I know that my geography sometimes is off. <laughs> but I think New Jersey is kind of close to New York. Right. And I know at one point, didn't, <laughs> didn't Jay-Z have some ownership in uh He had some Brooklyn. ownership in the Nets. Right. So think about what these guys are really thinking. Yep. Well, they Ke- power moves. Kevin Durant realized he ain't playing next year. But it doesn't mean that he can't leverage all of the business opportunities that Jay-Z can bring to the table. What, what kind of business opportunities do you think Jay-Z can bring to the table for Kevin Durant? Billions. Billions. So these guys, so, 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 what, so what I think you're going to start seeing is you're going to see within these, quote, governors, because they really don't really like Kevin governors thing because Draymond got mad that, he was, that they were still calling them owners. Like, I, well, what else? That's another conversation. Like, right. like, what else do you think? Well, well, they do own a contract. Right. Like, wh- what do you think they are? Mm-hmm. They're billionaires that own millionaires. They can right. trade. Anytime somebody can trade you, that means that they own you. Britton, I think you wanted to say something? <laughs> no, no, no. I was I was uh, agreeing with him to, the, to that point of uh, how players are, you know, opting out of contracts and, and having that, you know, Leverage to uh, even do other things outside of basketball. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, like I said, we we saw we saw during the '90s, you know, guys going into you go to LA because you have more opportunities in Hollywood. You look at the superstar that Shaq was. Mm-hmm. Shaq had three or four movies before he had ever gone to LA, mm-hmm. and so then you know their profiles raised even higher. The look at the the idea of Space Jam, you know the the just the marketing of the game of basketball, and it, now it takes uh it takes even newer forms today as this current players union um, just launched a new uh, marketing strategy and marketing approach with 450 to own their likenesses. Um, as a kid who grew as a guy who grew up with the in the video game era. Those the images that we saw on the video games, the players didn't receive the revenue from it. They received a share of the revenue right. because the owners of the teams controlled the likenesses of the players that they that they had under contract. Right. So mm-hmm. now the players actually own the marketing and own the licensing for their likeness, uh, which which is a great deal. And it, it, it also goes to show where you talk about uh, even guys like LeBron and Kevin Durant, both of these guys had television shows during the season, <laughs> even raising, even further raising their ability to, to be marketable and, and draw revenue. So uh, that overall impact of the game has been, uh, has been amazing to watch. And inspiring for a lot of younger players who coming coming into the league, they want that. They aspire to that. Certainly. So, but before we kind of shift into how this translates into the business world and corporate America, this whole 
business mindset and really owning your career. I, I do want to stay with the sports. I, I want to hear from, from each of you as far as who you think is the favorite to win the championship based off of all these moves. I mean, we've got Brooklyn. We've got the Lakers. We've got the Clippers. We've got the Knicks. Just kidding. <laughs> the Wizards. Right, the, the Wizards. 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 <laughs> so we'll, 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 add in, we'll add in the, oh, right. laugh, uh, in, in editing. We'll, we'll add that in in editing. Right, right, right. Now, I have quite a few Knicks fans that follow us. I figure they'll get a kick out of that part of the show. So, so Terrell, the, who do you think is the favorite to win the championship now? So, who I think... Um, let, let me say who, who, who I think will will who I, I think fans are looking at the Clippers and the, and the Lakers and, I, and for sure and no no doubt. I personally think the team in the West and who I think could get back are the Golden State Warriors. Hmm. It is it is it is it is more likely for me with them making sure that. That Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. And Draymond said something very interesting throughout the year, of course, and people have picked that up. And I, but I think people forgot about it. The, the the Golden State Warriors, with that nucleus of a team. Now, of course, they 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 no longer have Iguodala. Right. They won't have Looney, but they'll have players that'll be right there. That team has. I think the mindset and the understanding of how to get there. I don't know just because LeBron and AD and don't get me wrong. I think that's a heck of a I think that that's a heck of a one-two combination. I don't know how much support they have to necessarily get them, and just and just like Kawhi and, and Paul George, I think a heck of a combination. I'm saying if all things being equal. If no one, if barring in major injuries, my opinion, I think the Golden State Warriors not only could get there, but I think they could redeem themselves and potentially win it again. Interesting. Hmm. So even with Clay being out with his ACL, you still think? I, I think, but see, Clay's, Clay's ACL, he's not out for the whole season. From what I understand, he's coming, I think it's it's more of a, He'll be back in January. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more of a right. six month kind of deal. I think Clay, where the ace, where whereas with Kevin Durant with the Achilles, he basically out for 2019, right. 2020, basically. So, I think Clay, Golden. Now that's what I. That, again, I know there's some, some some scenarios there. Don't get me wrong. I think I think the Clippers are very strong with Kawhi and with Paul George. I think that combination is a. That is a um, that's gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you that right now. Certainly, that's gonna be a problem in the West with Kawhi and Paul George. Um, and like I said, I, obviously when you talk about LeBron and and Anthony Davis, I mean, you know, so I I I, <laughs> I, I definitely, I mean, so so yeah. But but my but my pick is Golden State. <laughs> my pick is Golden State. I just want to know what your pick is. My pick is Golden State. Britain. Britain, what's your pick? What's your pick? Is it, um uh look, I don't care about uh the Clippers 
uh, Gilligan and the Skipper, uh, <laughs> Uncle Jesse and the Rippers, um, Lakers and Five. Uh, that that team is that team has all the pieces, um, the movement, the even 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 the the role players. Uh, picking that picking that roster of role players with Rondo, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, and a lot mm-hmm. of guys, JaVale McGee, all these guys who have championships, who won before, won in other places, to go with two superstars. In LeBron James and 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 Anthony Davis, and then you got Durant. I mean, then you got a uh, uh, Kuzma as a, as a rising superstar. Then you sign Boogie. And also, yeah, it's that that team has has all the elements necessary. And we've seen a guy like LeBron win with a lot less. <laughs> uh, so you actually give him some ingredients that you can use to make a meal with. I think they're gonna eat. Okay, so we have Golden State. We've got the Lakers, Ted. Come on, man. Showtime 2.0. The Wizards? No. No? No, that's, that's, what I that's, 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 that's no time. No, no. We talking, as Britton said, L.A., A.D., Boogie, LeBron, Kuzma. I mean, that squad right there, they're going to be tough to beat for four games. I mean, I, I, I can't see it. So definitely, definitely Lakers, definitely Lakers, and you can put and and you can put whoever you want in the East against them. Yeah, I, I think I go with the Lakers as well. I mean, you got Danny Green, who's been in championships. I mean, that year uh, that they lost to uh, the Heat, he could have been the MVP. Yeah. He, he was playing so well oh, in yeah. that in that final series. Oh yeah, he missed the free, but he, but he missed those free throws. Right, right. He was too tired after hitting on the threes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, Danny Green. You got Rondo. I mean, you've, even JaVale McGee, I mean, who's won with Golden State. Oh, yeah. And I, I tell you what, the key, if DeMarcus Cousins, if he comes back as the old boogie, it's a wrap. There ain't going to be no old coming back as the old boogie. The, that, the old boogie is just that he done boogie down the road. He done boogie down the road? <laughs> old boogie gone. Well, if he gives them about 18 points. Give him 18 and 10. He back. might give 18 minutes. He ain't giving no 18 points. Yeah. Telling you. Get back and get back in ball shape. And right. Play the whole season. Uh, and how was he looking this year? He did okay in the in the, in the playoffs. He did one in one playoff game. He did okay. But he was out most of the season because he had the eight, because he had he had the Achilles. The Achilles. You don't come yeah. back from that Achilles. You 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 don't come back the same way from that Achilles unless you just, now again. I'm hoping Kevin does. Now don't be wrong. Boogie might surprise everybody, like you said. Not that he gonna have to, but yeah. I think you're putting a lot yeah. of trust. Put yeah, a lot no, of trust. Nobody, no, nobody since Dominique been able to come back. You're absolutely right. That. Nobody except for Dominique Wilkes, the only person I've seen be able to come back and dominate from an Achilles like that. Mm. They just, it just, that type of injury takes almost, and, and particularly when you're talking about you get an age, you start talking about you 29, 30, right. 31. And so, don't get me wrong, picking the L.A. Lakers, when you're talking about, you know, LeBron in, in A.D., I mean, when you, I mean, when you, I mean, you know, you got the unibrow with you. I mean, you know, right. you got a seven-foot tarantula out there. Who you can LeBron do. ain't never had no one like that. He yeah, he never had throw no the ball up to all day, every day. Yeah. Who, who, who you got, Eric? I have the Lakers. He picked the Lakers, too. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, on paper, 
it's a pick that is hard to go against. Right. But when I look at experience, I keep thinking about the New England Patriots. They, 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 everybody keeps saying they ain't going. They they clearly overmatched. But see, Tom Brady, the Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, everybody talk about what they would like to do, and everyone knows that Kevin Durant not got hurt this year. I love Kawhi. They would have lost in five. So I think. Even if, if Clay had been healthy the whole series with if Durant they, out, I think Golden State could still. I mean, won. think about it. And we love Kawhi. Right. But they won the series. They won the series. A tough fought series with with Kevin Durant being out, obviously. With Clay being out two games. With Looney being out. With 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 Steph going down a half a game, with Draymond being out, a, I mean, you. I'm not saying I don't take anything away from people winning championships. Right. But my point is, let's don't act like the the the, the, the uh, Toronto Raptors beat the Golden State Warriors of the playoffs when they got to the playoffs. Let, let's be clear that they was basically beating the. It was, it's kind of like that same team when the Golden State beat. Beat LeBron, right. and basically it was LeBron and you what, Matt, Matt and Melo and, 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 and me and Ted, yeah, and me and, yeah, and, and we was out there, you know. I play, I play, I play small. Yeah, <laughs> you play right. So when right, Golden right. State beat beat Cleveland, <laughs> and they had to beat them in five with LeBron basically scoring all the points for Cleveland. Yeah. Okay, I'm not saying that you don't win a championship, but let's don't act like that was the LeBron team. Right. Right. So, That's all I'm saying. So, so what? You, so what you're saying is, is that <laughs> that Golden State can get back to form prior to picking up Kevin Durant because they got to go back to how they used to play. Right. Right. So, so, so. That's going to be something to that see. That style if they can get that back. they played. Re, 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 remember, Golden State did something that I think a lot of people don't give Steve Kerr credit for. I'm talking from a coaching. Steve Kerr basically took a dominant superstar and put him into a system that was already a superior winning system. Mm-hmm. And the other players acquiesced to this superstar. Yeah. That's unheard of. Oh, hold on. One thing I want to say is on this show, we don't use we'll words word like acquiesce. Well, on my I show, mean, I, I, got I, mean, I got it. I got it. I mean, if we can't spell it, we don't you use see, it, man. Come here. We're talking about we acquiesce. Right? Right? They decided. Think about what Steph Curry and them said. Yeah. We will We will let. When, when have you ever seen a championship team let a superstar come to the team and the. And the the superstars on this championship team say, we will let you be the star of our team and change how we play the game to accommodate you. This has never been done in the NBA on that level. On you can't pick a team with even LeBron going to Miami. That, that was a process. They, they, they I, was a yeah, process. Yeah, they got but, to that point, but it didn't start that way. LeBron, right. went, people forget, 
LeBron went to Miami, and although Dwayne Wade said, because they were friends, yeah, well, LeBron is the leader. If you look at the style of play that that the that the Miami Heat played, guess who they played that that through? They played it through Dwayne Wade. Right. Because Dwayne Wade had won a championship. Right. And and LeBron said, I'm going to adjust my game to fit into the championship system that the that Pat Riley and the Miami Heat had. That's normally what happens there. Rarely, rarely will you ever find a team that has won a championship and been as dominant as Golden State. Then they say, hey, what are we going to do? We're going to go ahead and change our style. What we're going to do is run the ball through, through, through Kevin. Let Kevin basically dictate at the top of the key how, how we're going to run this offense. Steph is going to move to to a to a to a half breed one-two. <laughs> Uh, uh, Clay Thompson is going to play the two and everybody just going to circle around and see what Kevin Durant and how he operates. If, 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 you, if you know, Kevin decides to take his man down to the post, we all going to play that way. If Kevin decides to take his man to the outside, we all going to play that way. Yeah. That's why Draymond, this is why Draymond and Kevin Durant had the confrontation that they had on the court. Mm-hmm. Because Draymond was saying, wait a minute, the way we play is spacing. And the open man. We play, go down the court, right. space the ball out, find the open man. If 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 uh, if if Clay is spot up, find him. If Steph is spot up, find him. If Draymond is spot up, find him. Notice when Kevin Durant got hurt, what the Golden State Warriors did when the Golden State Warriors played Portland. They went back to their old way of playing. Look at the style of play that they played. They worked. They went right back to a spacing game, a spacing component, where where they running down the court, everybody's spaced out. You don't know where the ball is going to get thrown to, and whoever can get the ball out there there doing doing, doing, doing that three-point line or like right right there at the perimeter, they can either go to the basket or they can shoot it. Portland ain't have a chance. Right. And, and and the Raptors would not have had a chance had Klay Thompson not go, well they might have had a chance had Klay Thompson not gone down that would have gone Game Seven. I think if he was healthy the whole series, I think that Golden State still could have won it. Had he been healthy the whole if Klay was healthy the whole series, just because I mean Klay's a two way guy. I mean yeah. not only is he a great shooter, but you know he he's a lockdown defender too. So I mean you're losing that. So 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 when people so when people Say that Kevin's gone. Don't get me wrong. That's always going to be a blow to any team. But to a Golden State team, oh, they, were, they were great before. This team, this team, this team has the record for the most wins in the history of the NBA. Right. Okay, so, so this, so this, so this, <laughs> this takes me back to a, another debate that, that we've had when everybody talks about. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> you know, and everybody talk about. You know, it was the same thing when Kevin Durant went to Golden State. And as, as it was when LeBron went to Miami. Now, now, Britton, was it the same thing to you? Um, no. Um, but it, it, neither neither of the things were were that big for me. Um, I've always been an advocate of watching the players go from place to place, and 
do whatever's best for them and their family and the 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 notion that you have guys that uh, like I said, I always used to test the whole. Well, you never saw these guys in in this era. They never left, and they played where they they won a championship with one city. Where they well, uh, they had these different factors. And anybody who makes a, a a business decision that works out best for them and their family have all have all that. And neither of them were were that. Um, were, were were that crucial to to make someone or to make me uh, lose respect for for either of these guys? But it it, it was it wasn't the same as um, LeBron's was actually a calculated move that was years in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember, even before then, that was the time when the guys from that O three class, none of those guys took their extension. With their current team, right. and then sign a softer deal so that they can be in position to be free agents, all in that same class. Mm. And so that was a, a plan lined up with the end of a collective bargaining agreement. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. There were so many other factors that that happened there. Kevin Durant, uh, he he wanted to he wanted to win a ring. Right, right, right. I ain't mad at him. Right, right, right. We, okay. right, we down, we down, we down three one. We, we was up three one. It was still a soft move. We was up three. We was up three was one. Move. I don't care how they, you they came. They came back, and you know what? I'm so mad. I'm gonna join them next year. I got something for <laughs> a soft man. move. I got something. I know, I know everybody said they win the ring. I That's got something for yeah. I I would have done what Kawhi did. I I would have done something else. I, I I I Kevin Durant, and I think by the way, I'm a Kevin Durant fan. I am. I'm a Kevin Durant fan, and and I hate to be in 100 in, 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 in this when it comes to being being in, in agreement with Stephen A. Smith on this, but I I have to I have there again because I look Kevin Durant becomes the only superstar to go from the the conference championship. Yes, he was up three one, right? They lose four <laughs> three. To go to the team that beat you. There is no other superstar that's ever done that. No. no. So my point is you become the unicorn in this context. There will be an ash. This is why he then leaves and goes to the Brooklyn Nets. Because here's what he knows. I got to fix my legacy. My legacy. I got to fix it. The man's le- as great of a Hall player. Hall of Fame. He got all that. Hall of Fame. People put him into the class with with, with LeBron. Uh, you can do that all. That. You went to a seventy three win <laughs> team, right? Terrell, the, the same team that eliminated you. Let me say this yeah. to you: We would have won a championship if I, if I went to Golden State. It, it, any, it, I didn't have to touch the court. They was already they was already champions. They right, was gonna right, win that right. championship the next year, mm-hmm. whether 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 Kevin Durant went there, Bradley Beal, you know Bradley Sampson, you know <laughs> Bugs Bunny, you know whoever you know whoever showed up on the team, right. that's right. They was gonna win that championship the following year. Whoever you could have out there, you know Monkey <laughs> Bones, anybody you want to throw out there, right. they was gonna win the championship. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. A lot of times in this era, I think that what LeBron and don't get me wrong, 
Similar to, I know when people start talking about boxing, I use the same analogy on my show when we start talking about Floyd Mayweather. The greatest business uh, athlete in, in, uh, uh, of our era. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. He took total control of the whole promotion of boxing. The man can make $100 million a fight. Anytime you can make hundred, anytime you can make $200 million fighting a man that ain't never been a professional <laughs> boxer before, let me tell you something. That's ingenious. That's all, you are a genius as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Right? Right. The same thing in these professional basketball players. If you tell me Kawhi Leonard, everybody knew when Kawhi went to the Raptors and he didn't want a championship, his, he knew his leverage was great. They, they, they waving flags out there in Canada with Kawhi shirts on, hoping that he stayed. But Kawhi was like, it's too doggone cold of him. I'm about to go right to L.A., yeah. which is what I told y'all I was going to do when I left San Antonio. Yeah. Right, right. Kawhi said it's a. That's why he signed a one year deal. Yeah. Right. Everybody like everybody. Well, Kawhi won a won a championship. He like I, that's even better. <laughs> now, now I'm guaranteed to get the money I want. Right. Now I have even more leverage. Now I have more leverage. Right. This was a business decision. Kawhi has business interests, which people don't understand, in L.A. Who don't want to be beside their business interests? And you have to think about attracting <laughs> free agents. I mean, if you're a free agent, are you going to go to Canada or are you going to go to L.A. to join Ka Kawhi? It, let's, just, let's just put it this way. If you already, let's say Ted being the great athlete that he is, oh, yeah. you know, he's a phenomenal. That's you know, you see he got the hat on. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> softball. Well, let me tell you, first game yesterday, I was a little rusty. I was, o, I was 0 for 2 in the first game. Second game, I heated up. I was 2 for 3 in the second game. You heated up. Yeah, we still lost both games. <laughs> but you, you know, but I, you know. But you but came game on. Game two, I could feel, you know. You came alive. Yeah. You know, I, 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 yeah. Into two, two rhythm. So wait till next week. Uh-huh. All right. So imagine if you own a multi-million dollar operation wherever you are. L.A., Miami, New York. Your family is there. Your business is there. And, 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 and now you have been playing in in doggone Canada, you know, for the last year, all your operation is in LA. That means that when you get finished with the basketball game, you gotta make all these long distance phone calls. You gotta call all these people, see what they're going on, and then you don't want a championship. I'm surprised that Kawhi Leonard didn't get on the airplane and fly to LA and do all the negotiation with which is probably what he did. Right. He probably went to his house and was like, I'm just gonna negotiate off of here. Because and 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 believe me, it was a very easy negotiation for Kawhi because right. Kawhi walked into the L.A. Clippers saying this: um, "Favor you to give me all the money that I want. I'm going. I'm going to the Lakers." Yeah, yeah. So it was a very easy negotiation, man. You know, the other thing is funny about this. <laughs> the other thing is funny about this. I've never seen a player say, "Look here, y'all better not talk about the meat." Y'all better be quiet about the meeting. Anybody that, that any words get out about the meeting, yeah, you gonna be, you're you not know. gonna be considered anymore. I mean, he straight was the boss in this. Yeah, and that's what because he, he was like, I I got all the cards. Right. And so I think that's what I'm saying. I think the LeBron era, and owners hate it. Mm -hmm. You know, and they are sitting there figuring out how can we stop this, because they saying, well, shoot. Anybody who becomes a superstar can just change the whole league. Exactly. Well, well, well now what's going to happen is for so many years we've been talking about trying to get, you know, more minority 
minority ownership at all. Right now, these things are building up to a place where there will be that minority ownership. But you will have a. I think so. I think. I think. I think you. Well. Well. I tell you what. If not, the players saying we we gonna take it over and own it ourselves. Yeah. Right. Because the the leagues are making a lot of money. These owners are making a fortune. You don't have to be a good team to make a hundred million dollars a year. Right. The Washington Wizards are proving this. They they proving this. <laughs> they, they are. That's a perfect example. This is a perfect example. Right, of the right. headway with the W you got on yet. It's, it's a perfect. <laughs> you can't get no. We just. I mean, we are. Oh, we, we have no problem with locking in with mediocrity. Yeah. Just right on out through the 2027 20, season. Yeah. yeah. We just. We got we that covered. Go. We got it covered. We, we don't mind covered. being the 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 the, the, the ninth team in the, in the East yeah. because we can make sixty million dollars profit. Right. With no problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be. It, 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 matter of fact, the Wizards have gotten, have gotten so good. We have just started advertising the other teams that's coming to the to the <laughs> to the Verizon Center. Everybody, come on out to see a to see AD and LeBron. That's right. It's, it's going to be a phenomenal game. This is yeah. where we are. Yeah. Yeah. So we have so the league has guaranteed money that the that people don't talk about that these owners make. They're making hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. They already know when the season starts, just like we just said. They already know there's only five teams that got a chance to go to the championship. Mm-hmm. They good with that. Yep. Trust me, the Detroit Pistons ain't losing no sleep on not making this playoff. They already know they're going to make a playoff. Right. Right? The Orlando Magic is right now, as we're talking, it started with the fact, well, you know, we're we, we going to nine times in this playoff, and we ain't got no problem with that. And if we do make it, we'll be an AC. Yeah, we're gonna be an AC, which means right. we're gonna, lose we're gonna the be out round, in the first round. Which right. is which is by the way perfect for us. That means we can watch the rest of the playoffs and collect our money and watch everybody else work to death. Right. You know, let kill me, themselves. Let me let me throw something else out there. <laughs> totally different, a totally different sport. And I don't know if anyone knows anything about it because I don't. But World Cup. I'm gonna say softball. The, the women's well, World no, Cup. A little something about softball. Right. World Cup. Yeah, we we uh, we won again. Mm-hmm. We're back to back. The women. I mean, they've been and, 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 and a lot of people, when they talk about soccer, I'll say this. When we talk about you know, the popularity of U.S. football in the United States, and we talk about the money, you know, people don't realize NFL owners make the most money of any owners of any professional sport. Most right. people don't know this. The, the, the NFL generated $14 billion last year. The NBA, gener- to put that in context, the, the NBA generated $9 billion. Right, Major League Baseball generated between six and a half to seven billion dollars. Hockey generated three billion dollars. Hmm. Okay, hockey has a um, a no salary cap. Major League Baseball has no salary cap. See, then the hue starts changing on the on the field. <laughs> National Basketball Association has a a a a salary cap with the Larry Bird exemption. The hardest salary cap is the NFL. Mm-hmm. Guess which owners make the most money? Guess which players make the least money? NFL players who can who can whose career can be over with with one hit make less money. Than any other major league except for hockey. Mm-hmm. Question: How did you just shift away from soccer? 
Because I didn't want to talk about something. No, <laughs> you want to get that American football. But no, in Europe, there were soccer players. That is the sport. Okay. Right. Because it's representing the whole country. Yeah. So when you get Manchester out there, you know, playing Liverpool, like it's only two of them for the whole doggone country. And why have been six? It's really more than that, like eight. Right. But the point that I'm making is. Soccer becomes, from a money standpoint, I will tell you, from, again, no salary cap in soccer, mm-hmm. the highest paid players in the world are soccer players. I believe that, I mean, because they're like global. Chris, oh, no, Chris, no. Alvin Cristiano is the highest paid player. He might make somewhere in the neighborhood of like 60 something million dollars this year. You really do know something about soccer, but you said Alvin Cristiano. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the top players, the actual athletes who are making the most money. What? Soccer players. Yeah. Yeah, Lionel Messi is uh, Lionel Messi is the the highest soccer player, highest paid soccer player. He'll make $111 million. Yeah. So Messi's going to make yeah. Oh, a Renaissance man. He knew right. Yeah, that's right. that. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to think too. I mean, they're drawing income for the, uh, the top soccer player in England, France. Right. I mean, Any way he goes around the world is getting mobbed. So I mean, that certainly uh, makes it more valuable. So we're talking about these players having leverage. Having leverage, these players are like businesses. How does that translate into this mindset shift? So you had this mindset shift, right? So initially it was about security. Okay, I'm going to be like Magic Johnson. I'm going to sign this long contract and be secure. And now it's about leverage. And, hey, if you aren't willing to do and provide what I need, I'm going to go to the next. How does that transition into the business world? Go ahead, Dave. Well, I think that's that's really how it is in the business world already, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, people know that if you have certain skill sets, certain capabilities – that are in demand, that you can name your you can name your price. Right. Like in the business that I'm in, if you have certain experiences and certifications in cybersecurity, these folks name their price. Right. They name their price and they go from company to company to company and they get ten, twenty thousand dollars increase per per move doing the same job. But they they know that they that they hold the cards there. Mm-hmm. So it's just like in, in sports. Sports, they're they're using that same type of leverage. Mm-hmm. Britain, you were about to say Britain. Something. Well, you also have to remember that this generation of athletes, you know, like this group of of millennials grew up. We grew up watching athletes do different things. So we we grew up watching athletes in movies, on commercials, in rap videos. We watch them do so many different things. And now our culture has arrived to that point where people are already looking at, and this is something we talked about on this podcast several times before, looking at what's next. Mm-hmm. You know, not realizing that, yeah, I want to go to the NBA, but that's my first career. Right. You know, I'm, that's, that's cool. I'm cool with, I'm only an NBA player till I'm 37. Or if I'm lucky, but and, and and I'm talking about even superstar mentality. These guys are like, yeah, I'm 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 an NBA player for right now. After I leave the NBA, I'm gonna have a franchise full of X Y Z. And um, I was fortunate to 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 you know grow up in the same hometown as a uh, Junior Bridgman. And the funny thing about Junior Bridgman, Junior Bridgman had 
a laundry list of of Wendy's mm-hmm. uh, franchises, yeah. and you know, we were all excited about meeting him as former NBA player. And I just remember my cousin, who did not pay attention to basketball at all, was excited about meeting him and like, oh, that's the guy who owns so many Wendy's in the metropolitan area. I'm like, what are you talking about? That guy used to score, like you know, and and that's that's the the mindset players have now because that's where our culture is. You look on Instagram, it's people doing 17 different things, um, you know, from behind the camera, in front of the camera, on producing movies to uh, starting different things. So we're just a diversified group of folks, and and when it became culturally acceptable and and guys started to understand how to use that leverage to do different things. Basketball became a transition from being an end to just a mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think for the listener, the listener, and it goes back to the Jay-Z quote we started with, you have to see yourself as a business. And the days of depending on a supervisor or a company to take care of you is over. The days of just looking for the security. I mean, I think you have to look at your skills. You know, what, what certifications can I get to make myself marketable? Uh, that trans that transitions into other things. You know, what what what? You know, is there a side business that I can start and ultimately that can become a full time thing? Okay. I mean, Terrell, any any thoughts? I know you your podcast is about business and de- and looking at. Look at yourself as a business. Any any thoughts on that? I mean, exactly as you said. I mean, exactly as Ted said, and exactly as you know, Brittany, you said. When it comes down to you know your skill set and kind of what you're trying to do from a business standpoint of view, I mean, you have to look at it in the and particularly when you talk about professional athletes. You know, most of us are looking at these. And we we normally name your your more you know popular, very highly skilled, best players. But the reality of it is, when you think about a professional athlete's um, career, unlike most businesses, it is a very limited career. Mm-hmm. Okay, your average basketball player plays three and a half years. Your average football player plays two point four years. Mm. Your average baseball player plays longer than both of them, which is around six years. Mm. So what happens? So think about your average basketball player. He's coming in twenty two years, twenty one years old, eighteen, and whenever he's coming in, their careers by the time they're twenty five and twenty six, generally for most basketball players, is over at the professional level. See, we don't hear that part about this when we're doing these type of scenarios. We don't hear that. Right. And the and so unlike most businesses, you don't get a chance to ramp up and and, and figure out the tools and be competitive and, and negotiate your way and in year eight, you know, make a profit and in year twelve expand your operation. And by the time you're twenty years, you get to look back over your yep. career. You don't get to do that for the for for ninety five percent of all the professional basketball players. Right. They have to basically go in with the mindset of, I got to do the best I can, and I might be out of here, and there are a thousand reasons why you might not be playing. might have nothing to do with injury. Mm. Yep. The, play, the owner can decide, we already got six people who can shoot threes. Mm. Why we need a seventh? Ain't the fact you can't shoot threes very well. You just, you just out of the rotation. What you just said is the reason I never get mad at these guys, these no, athletes. right. Because when the owner has the leverage, you better believe that they owner's going to use it. He's going to use it. I mean, it's a business. They, they, they don't need to have five big men. They don't need three LeBrons. Believe me, they need one. They, they, they right. don't need to have. And so, and so when you just, 
think about the trade that the Lakers made, right? So the, the finally the, the New Orleans, you know, traded eighty for the whole team for the Lakers, right? Right. Half the team. Now, out of them players that's going to New Orleans, and even out of the players that's staying, I'm not saying I think LeVar Ball is a good player. Le, the, uh, um, um, oh, no, not, uh, what's the boy's name? LeVar, you LeVar Burton. He done gone to root. <laughs> Reading Rainbow. Lonzo right. Ball is a good player. I'm talking about his father, LeVar. Right, right, right. No, LeVar Ball wasn't a good player. Right, right. I'm talking about his son, Lonzo. Oh, I God. think he's a decent player. Yeah. But when you look at the trade that was made, I'm not saying that the kid cannot play. He was a number two selected player. Went to the Lakers. All I'm saying is, in the next year or two, we'll define whether or not he plays three years or whether he can put together a seven or eight year stint as a player. Mm. Is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Based on his skill set. So if so this is very critical. If, if 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 he can if he can, you know, show that his game is diversified enough for it to really make somebody like the New Orleans Pelicans now a, a competitive team, he might be able to stay around. If he can't, his career could be over. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. So it's a different business. Yeah. And you and, and the problem is most young people, because they're younger, doesn't matter what business they're in, think. This is going to last longer than what I think it is. I'm going to be playing like Kevin. I'm going to be playing like AD. I'm going to be playing like George Paul. I'm, 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 you know, I'm going to be playing like Russell. Maybe not. So I think you have to look at it from the context of where that is and kind of make the decision of your, you have to think of your business a little bit different. So I, I agree with you 100%. You got to look at it from a business standpoint, but you got to think this is a different business. Right. Well, the other thing that you also have to think about is again your your individual brand as a player, right? Like we think about the some of the things that happened in the league. What's the guy's name with Kansas City? He had one issue. Mm-hmm. Tariq Hill. Yeah, Tariq Hill and his brand, his business, right? It was just like you had a, you know, you you, you had an issue with with food in the restaurant, and the word got out there, and nobody else wanted to go to the restaurant. Nobody else wanted to touch the place anymore, right? Right. That's what happened. Right, so he, you know, immediately was cut from the team because Kansas City did not want to mess up their brand. They didn't want to let him go, right? But and he's great. To their brand, right. yeah. they, had to let, they had to let him go. They had to let right? him go. And so he had to go out there and probably take less money to come in with, with Cleveland. But nobody's probably going to touch him for, with endorsements for some time. Right. Right. So one mistake impacted his his brand one evening. Right. So mm-hmm. it's something to, something to think about. For sure. So I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to the listeners. I mean, you've been great on this sports talk and to translate sports to business. But let's talk about your business. You're in the insurance industry. Tell our listeners how your services can help them. Well, let me first talk about you know Insurance Direct One Two Three. Uh-huh. Uh, we created a platform in 2016 that allows consumers to um, buy life, health, auto, as well as homeowners insurance all on one platform, on an online platform. We call it um, in the in the business, um, you know, when we start talking about the insurance tech sector, mm-hmm. so the insurance technology sector. So we created uh, one of the first platforms 
um, particularly from an African-American-owned company that allows you from a digital marketing standpoint to be able to do that. Uh, then we added a uh, agent portal that allows now independent agents from all over the country um, to really link into our back office and to our platform to be able to sell insurance now um, in a turnkey manner, as uh, almost as their own, as not only as their own independent agent, but really as their own independent agency. Hmm. So they can private label our platform, sell from their, their own agency standpoint of view, and then and then in their hometown, whether it's Columbia, South Carolina, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, whether it's Raleigh, North Carolina, um, you know King King George, Virginia. Um, you know, right here in Maryland, they have the ability to sell and into into we license our platform kind of on their ability turnkey in such a way that they we've been able to do it at a price point that they can do it for under a hundred dollars a month. Hmm. So it makes it very affordable and very attractive for a lot of agents who are looking to get into the business and they don't have the resources. We help provide the resources, quoting tools and engines uh, to help them to be able to do that. And as we begin to build out our platform, as we begin to grow it and looking to expand more partners. That's one of the things we're looking to do is kind of, again, what's your competitive edge? Mm-hmm. So we're, so our business is trying to take a, a, a platform that we're trying to be a field marketing organization that has more of a digital kind of footprint to what we're doing mm-hmm. and how we're kind of building out. And so we're adding now social media. We're adding, you know, other um, components to kind of help really build that out. So we're really acting more as a digital marketing firm and less as an insurance agency. Okay. Excellent. And so... You're not only involved with this business, you also, you're an author. Yeah, so in 2014, um, I authored a book called By Faith Live Life. Uh-huh. Um, my wife um, passed away, first wife passed away in 2009 from diabetes. Um, We've been married for 18 years hmm. and had two children. And so we, and so it took me about four or five years. I wrote a book um, and, and it just basically was talking about you know, which, which, by the way, I'm even speaking on that tomorrow. Kind of talks about, you know, how to deal with a difficult situation, how to deal as a caregiver, how to go through with certain circumstances. Um, and so, even as a as a licensed and you know, ordained minister, um, I took 13 messages um, that I had written during that time and, and, and preached during that time, and I put it in a story format about this situation. Hmm. And so, it kind of gave you an, a, a better perspective of of how you kind of can transition um, and hopefully help. You know, transition during that time frame. Looking at our our story on that. Hmm. So, insurance, uh, sports, podcast, minister, author. Yeah. Again, another one of those individuals that they have probably about fifty or sixty hours in a day. I don't know how. Yeah, I, I really, Terrell. At this point, I question if you sleep or not. I have to tell you. That's, I do. <laughs> you I do, do sleep. Okay. I do sleep. Okay. Um, Terrell got too much energy to go to sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I got, I got a lot of energy, um, but it's just you know what happens is life experience. It's like yeah. I got into sports, um, really as a way. Interesting. My, of course, my my interest in sports and kind of what we do in sports. I really like sports. But I, I really kind of got into it out of this whole context of, of, of to be honest with you, um, it was an outlet. It was yeah. an outlet for me to, to kind of get out to kind of talk about sports. I really got interested in it. And then I said, you know, since I had an insurance uh, business, nobody wants to talk about insurance. <laughs> so they'd rather talk about sports. So I used my insurance company to, you know, promote my sports business. Right, so right. that's kind of that's yeah. how I got into it yeah. and kind of how it worked from there. So, yeah. But now, you know, I, I just make it this point week after week. There's always time. 
Yeah. There's always, people time. always say, oh, I don't have time. I don't have. No, there's always time. You can make the time. Yep. And you're proving that. And you're doing everything well. How can our listeners get a hold of your book? Well, you can go to Amazon. You can go to, uh, I think, all the major kind of you know bookstores and outlets. Obviously, you can just reach me directly. You can just meet you out in the parking just lot. Meet you out in the parking lot. You know, just call me up, man. You can meet me on Facebook. <laughs> you know, you know, I can get you into politics. Terrell Shepard. You can find me. But no, you can go to Amazon. You can go to. Okay. You can go to. Um, and we, and actually, and actually, the book is um, is interesting that you mentioned. That we're actually doing an audio version of the book in the relaunch. Okay. So the book will be the audio version will come out in September. Great. And there'll be kind of an audio version of the book as well as the relaunch of the book itself. Fantastic. So if someone wants to take advantage of the insurance offerings, the best way for them to do that go is... To, go to www.insurancedirect123.com. Um, that's www.insurancedirect123.com. Get us right online. More than happy to help you um, in any aspect when it comes to one of our agents. be more than happy to get with you. Excellent. Very good. Okay. It's been a pleasure having you on the 30-minute hour. We're going to shift to the Around the Horn segment. This is where we leave our listeners with a final closing thought. What's one thing you want to leave the listeners with to remember you by? <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully, as I say on my on my on the podcast, you know, I, I love talking about all things sports and all things business. But I always try to end my show just, you know, with, with the understanding that guess what? You know, live life to the fullest. You know, never take for granted hmm. uh, what God has given you when it comes to life. And just and just and just always try to you know um, impact someone positively, but do all that you can um, while you can, so that you know life becomes you know worth living. Hmm. Excellent. Thank you. I Thank appreciate you sharing it. that, uh, Britton. Um, something that we 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 talked about um, with uh, today about with the the players and. And they're, and we kept using the phrase, you know, the leverage they have and the leverage. Um, but one of the things that I want to impart in closing is uh, the players actually have understanding of ownership, uh, equity and ownership. And there's a big difference. Uh, while they may not, they understand what they own. They may not, under, they may not own the team, may not own the the mascots, the jerseys may not own any of those things, but what they do own, like we've said, they own their brand. And understanding the power of building and refining that brand has allowed them to do things that um, put themselves in positions um, that they can generate multiple streams of revenue, not reliant on any other structures, any other systems, um, which has led to this generation of athletes being even more socially vocal uh, on political issues, on issues that affect the country. And uh, that transitions to something that, that Ted was trying to bring up earlier with our women's soccer team. Um, women's soccer team, back-to-back champions, four championships in the, what, 28 years of Women's World Cup. Uh, the United States has won four of the, those uh, World Cup championships. And this World Cup championship group of women um, really had a point to drive home, not only just on the field, but off the field by promoting women's issues, raising the brand of their individual playership, and promoting the issue of equal pay, promoting the issues of uh, women's equality, 
promoting the issue of, of women's rights now on a global stage. And they have been great ambassadors for not only the game of soccer, not only the United States, but for all peoples. Excellent, excellent. Ted? You know, let's talk today about, you know, sports and the control of the athletes. It just makes me start thinking about the whole discussion that we always have about the, the GOAT, right? Talked about, you know, is LeBron the GOAT? Is Mike the GOAT? Uh, again, I think they're both a, a GOAT at their own, at the, during their own times, right? Mm -hmm. And you think about Michael and how Michael changed the game with shoes, sneakers, right? You know, endorsements, McDonald's, but some of the things that Mike was able to do, and then look at how LeBron is doing some of those things that we're talking about right now. When we all when we all looked at the decision that was made years ago and how we felt about that, whether you were for it or against it, but as Terrell mentioned earlier, how that just changed kind of the landscape of things in a way of how things were going to be moving forward mm -hmm. with players and how they were going to kind of take the ball in, in their own hands. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about, again, the GOAT, right? You know, it's more to it than what they do on the basketball court, right? Right. It's kind of going into some of the things that Britton talked about of just being able to have an impact on the, you know, kind of the political scene, that whole this debate that was going back and forth with, I guess, I can't remember who that uh, news uh, person was that was just saying uh, for LeBron to just, what, dribble the ball. Right. Just shut up and dribble. Yeah, right. shut up Lower and dribble. dribble. Right. Shut up and dribble. Yeah. And, and, you know, but if you look at this, I mean, he's doing more than just dribbling right. the ball. Dribbling he's dribbling the ball. the ball, all right. Yeah, he's, he's, he's being a major right. game changer in this. And and I think that people, you know, they, they, they're looking at this. And people and, you know, powers that be are concerned about how that control is happening. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, so my closing piece on, on Around the Horn it has to do with leverage. And I just I was reading something here in in the work world. There's six point seven million jobs right now and there's only six point four million workers. So if you're watching us, if you're listening to us and you're working in a job, you actually have leverage. But here's the key. The key is about your brand. Right? We we've been talking about brand branding the whole time and the athletes have a certain brand. The question you have to ask yourself is, what is your brand? What are you known for? What does everybody know that you're great at? What does everybody know that if you left, that thing you do is going to leave as well? Mm -hmm. now, you have to think of yourself. Again, we talked about the Jay-Z quote. You're a business. You have a brand. And, and if you're in a business, what separates you from the thousands of people that do the same thing that you do? Yeah. The thousands of IT people, the thousands of real estate people, the thousands of podcasters, the thousands of whatever. Mm -hmm. right. So that's really my closing thought to really take the example of these NBA players. They, they have a brand. They have leverage. They know they have leverage, and they're using their leverage. Because if you're not using your leverage, someone else may be using their leverage on you, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Just something to think about. It's interesting when you talk about the whole leverage thing, and you hear about it mostly in the NBA, but then we look at situations like uh, Le'Veon Bell, right, in the NFL. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm going to sit out a whole season to get what I want and how yep. I want it. Yep. And, and everybody can say what they want. The fan, just to a point right now, there's, you know, they feel there's, there's no loyalty from the, you know, from the ownership, then 
you know, there's no loyalty from that player to the to the team. It's all about, you know, their business and they're making business moves. And so I, I think about I know my around the horse my around the horn piece is over, but I, I, took, I, took, say, I took it back. Right? So you can take it back. So, so I, I think about Russell Wilson yeah. with Seattle. Yeah. He told the Seahawks, "Look, you have until Saturday. If I don't have a new contract. I'm not going to play with you. You know, I'm going to when my deal is done, I'm just going to go and be a free agent." They came up with the money. Absolutely. Why? Because he has leverage. Yeah. He's That's won right. a championship. That's exactly he right. gives them a chance to win another championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're competitive with him. Leverage. It's leverage. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. I think that's a great clothing. Leverage mm-hmm. is key. And I think that's what we've been talking about this entire, you know, um, podcast. It really comes down to leverage. The opportunity yep. for those to be able to leverage your skill set. Yes. Leverage your position. And leverage your ability to understand. And, and then we talk about leveraging time. Because in the business that we're talking about in sports, time is no doubt, not only is time money, you know, it's, it's you know, time becomes the, the, the one commodity that no athlete can control. And so they have to leverage it to the maximum. You know, when we say that, you know, the time is money, well, they have to leverage, they have to leverage it because they, because it's all about diminishing time. Certainly. For the athlete. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a great, you know, I think leverage is key. So you got to let Britain, because we went around the horn. I'm sorry, I took it around the horn again. So Britain, for the second around the horn, you got anything? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, MLB um, All Star Weekend, so mm-hmm. pretty exciting time. Home Run Derby. Absolutely. Actually, you know, this is one of the moments. As a millennial, I now feel old really? because yes, because I'm watching players' kids that I used to like. Like I used to be a huge Vladimir Guerrero fan, and now that I realize that I'm almost 15 years older than his son, who's in the Home Run Derby, wow. <laughs> is is. It's one of those moments where I go, you know, you know, back in my day, that boy's pop could swing that back. <laughs> yeah, well, that, well that, oh, that makes us feel really good, right? Because uh, yeah, yeah. if they're, you know, 15 or so years younger than Britain, they're six, at least 16 years <laughs> younger than us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're basically the same age as the, their parents. Like the players, yeah. Like the, you see their parents, they show them they're older. They're like our age. Oh That's something to think about. That's it. Thank you. All right. So I always like to end on a high note. High right? note. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate that. Everybody feels better yeah, now. Yeah, we feel better now. We're here on the thirty-minute hour. Thanks. No problem. That's right. Well, so again, you, I, like I always say, we're we're not your everyday podcast. We certainly want to. Thank our guest, Terrell Shepard. Thank you for having me. Doing an excellent job of talking about sports and how it relates to business, how it relates to life. Make sure you check his book out. What's the name of your book again? By Faith, Live Life. By Faith, Live Life. Again, don't forget, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube by typing in the 30-minute hour. Keep in mind, we're not your everyday podcast. This This concludes this week's episode. Until next time, have a great one.